welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old albums for some reason. This is Nick. This is Chris. And I'm Caleb, and we're not alone this week. Well, that's right. We've got a guest. She is a comedy producer in New York and a good friend of mine. Let's give it up for Carly Hogendyke. Yeah! Welcome! Welcome, Carly. Welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no Thanks problem. for coming. Thanks for coming. I, I heard that you have a pick for us this week. Yes, this was my choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, had a, we had a few. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was very much like an enthusiastic yes for me. Brian De Palma's 1974 American musical rock opera horror comedy film, Phantom of the Paradise. Paradise. The film of many genres and hyphens. (laughs) Couldn't cut a single word out of that and have (laughs) been right. Oh, man. And uh, I think we all had a chance to... uh to rewatch at least parts of this. I think Nick, maybe for the first time. Caleb Little tidbits here. This was a movie that I've been meaning to watch for a long time yeah. and never had until last night. So yeah. it was very cool. This Carl. movie's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's I amazing. It. It's amazing. It. It's so wild. And, and, uh, yeah. and it's like Phantom of the Opera. If the opera was like a rock house being haunted by a deranged prog musician. Yeah. 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 With a vocoder uh, box on them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, Carly and I uh, actually watched this uh, for the first time together. Yeah, so that's, it's uh, one of those ones that you don't find out about until you're in your 20s. Yeah, or, you know, 30s for some of us. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Close to it. <laughs> Knocking at the edge of the 30s. But, yeah, it's a it's a wild film, and a, it's a bit of a departure from some of the stuff we do. I don't think we've done a bit of a, a musical or rock opera before, so I'm excited to jump into this. All right, Nikki, what do we got first on the soundtrack? Track one is The Juicy Fruits with Goodbye, Eddie, Goodbye. So a lot of the music in this soundtrack is kind of parody to a certain degree. It's all written by Paul Williams, who is in the film. I think this is kind of a, a dig at Shanana. if you guys yeah. remember that band. Yeah. They tried to get them to be that band. Did you <laughs> oh, no. know that? No. And, and Brian De Palma found them impossible to work with. Quote, <laughs> impossible to work with. Shanana, yeah, that's a band that I don't really understand. But there was a big, like, a retro revival thing in the '70s. Happy Days was back, mm-hmm. and Greece, isn't it? And I think Shanana, they let it off. They were performing at Woodstock, right? Yeah, and they were they were kind of like, um, yeah, like a rotating, like, almost like a boy band. But they had like you know rotating cast of character. I think like Bowser was like one I remember, but they all looked like, you know, like, hey, we're drinking soda pops and uh, hanging out at the diner and, uh, you know, racing hot rods. <laughs> kind of like Freddie Valley in the season, four seasons. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. They sound Less impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty, and in the movie, the Phantom at one point sets off a car bomb on stage yeah. <laughs> while they're performing. So I think, I feel like we see some of the band later on. Was it Ju- the Juicy Fruits? Is that what it's called? Juicy Fruits. Yeah, they like, they morph into different iterations yeah you see them so i don't know if it was just like models that were killed in that blast but uh yeah i think yeah they they go through like three different iterations of 
like trying to see what sticks, I think. Do you yeah. think that's the case, Carly? Well, they're doing like a nostalgia thing, even at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And also my favorite thing about this song, and you don't get it from just 30 seconds, is that it's this whole story about a guy named Eddie who writes a song and then kills himself so that his sister can survive, so they can, they can make enough money to save his sick sister. Yeah, it's like his sacrifice. <laughs> like, yeah. like, keep talking about his sacrifice to her and stuff. So it's like, there's a, some it's weird, foreshadowing uh, in a weird way. There's some weird accent work in that, too. He's doing, like, kind of a Latin voice. Oh, that's my favorite. No, he's doing, like, he's doing strong bad. It's, like, it sounds he, like strong He really does. He's like, so his... No, I can't do it. No, no, no. We'll cut it out if it didn't work. <laughs> It's like, wait, how does it go? It's like, um... Oh, Eddie, so your sister could live. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's I weird. might have leaned into the strong bad impression. How can you type with boxing gloves on? <laughs> but it does, yeah, it seems like the soundtrack is possibly starting with its worst song, but we'll see. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, let's not, you know, let's not jump to uh, conclusions yet here, Caleb. Okay. Oh, we're all going to say our, our least favorite song, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's jump into track two. Up next is Bill Finley with Faust. And as I lost control, I swore I'd sell my soul for one love who would sing my song. Fill this emptiness inside me. One love who would sing my song. Lay beside me while we dream a bit of style. So that's the Phantom before he has his music stolen and his voice taken away. And this yeah. is a song that we hear in a few different versions in the movie. This version sounds like a little bit of like a Will Oldham kind of Bonnie Prince Billy voice, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah, it's definitely the, the theme to the movie for the most part. But. Yeah, if you've never seen the movie, basically, like, he, he's playing as an audition to be part of this huge music house that's run by uh, Paul Williams playing Swan. 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 <laughs> um, which, weirdly enough, sidebar, the logo for this music house is a an upside-down sparrow? Yeah, like a dead bird. Like a dead bird? Death yeah, records. death records. Yeah. So not a swan, but lots of bird imagery. <laughs> well, so, interestingly enough, it was originally Swan Song Records, but... Led Zeppelin was also Swans on Records and sued them over it. Yeah, Peter Grant, Zeppelin's uh, notorious bully manager. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think beat them them to the Swan Song name and saw the film before it got released. And they went back in post-production and basically sometimes using their hands or using markers or just re-splicing the film, tried to cut out as much of the Swan Song logo as they could and yeah. put that that upside down these bird. are the things that cult classics are built on yeah crazy it's like you see it in every movie time you see a hand like, covering swan song what is happening what is that thing <laughs> but yeah that's uh that's peter grant for you from zeppelin yeah it reminds me of like rap videos in the 90s where there was always a couple hats that were blurred out and yeah. you're like what does it say nike but yeah this song he's like in the middle of this huge stage and swan isn't like in the back and basically is just like playing the shit out of this song it's like who is uh william finley yeah william finley's the guy who plays 
Faust. Faust. Yeah. The, well, Faust is... Or Faust is, yeah, okay. Faust is the name of his opera. It's a cantata. Cantata. Oh, yes. yes. Cantata. Swan just must have it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the height of prog rock. What is it, 1974? Yeah, 74. This is, uh, I don't know if he's supposed to be like a Peter Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of doing someone in that scene where he's rocking out at the piano. I thought it was like Pete Townsend or, or uh, Towns Van Zandt or something like that. Something yeah. like that. I don't know. There's a little bit of John Lennon and like his look. Yeah. Uh, Warren Zevon is who I, he looks oh, Warren, Warren Zevon. Zevon yeah, for sure. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, he kind of bullies his way into the into the theater and plays this. And then, yeah, I must have it. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, it doesn't really go with the uh, the vibe we were we just had on stage. We're kind of an Eddie and the Cruisers band. <laughs> and then yeah. this guy comes in and he's like, well, yeah, hey, everybody wait, hear my, hear my cantata, please. <laughs> Oh my god, during to go back to the juicy fruits, during that performance there's a lot of like over the line behavior of the band jumping into the audience and doing weird stuff. And I guess they are on some level villains, so it's like whatever, but oof, the seventies. It gets worse. It gets worse as the movie goes on. They end up you know, <laughs> chopping people's limbs off and stuff. Yeah, they're like monstrous representations of pop music at the time. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. whatever they are, they're just horrible. Yeah. Like horrible <laughs> pop music. <laughs> creatures <laughs> monsters speaking of monsters the beach bums with upholstery see and you know me already on probation i wound up on parole i tore my deck and roll upholstery where my baby sits up close to me that's supposed to be what life Is this your least favorite song? Sound familiar? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. A little no. Beach Boys, little Beach Bums. You get the, the early Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. But this is the same band in the movie. This is also the, they have a different name. But this it's is their the second form. Yeah. 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 They've morphed. Yeah. yeah. It's not their final form. <laughs> <laughs> this is the performance where he, yeah, he car bombs he car the stage. Bombs him. Yeah, which is a, an amazing like dual tracking That's, shot. Yeah. That's actually probably yeah. the best part of the movie. And, and you're like, oh my God, like what's going to happen? And then there's, you know, like seven or eight women on top of the car and you're like, dear God. Someone do something. <laughs> like, why is this happening? I think there's a good. Yeah, part of it. One of the uh, one of the band members is talking to the manager, and he's like, "This ticking is driving me crazy. I gotta get out of here." And it's like, "Just eat these pills and get back on stage." Yeah. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Yeah, it's you know a little metaphor for like all those <laughs> terrible music managers. It's like, all right, just you gotta basically keep them like a caged animal to get that song out of them. There's some clip of like ACDC from the mid '70s where Angus Young is playing a guitar solo and is about to pass out. And he runs backstage and the manager just puts like an oxygen mask on his face. He's like, <gasps> and he's like, get back out there. Oh my God. It's wild. Yeah. But yeah, this movie is a, a good uh, satire of the music industry. I remember sure. uh, hearing an interview with some of the members of the band Chicago. Mm-hmm. And they were like a big, big band. I don't know if there was like 10 people at once, but a lot of horn players and stuff. Yeah. And part of their stage show, they had like some props and they had like, I think it was like a phone booth in the middle of the stage or something. And they would just have a big pile of cocaine in it, and then band members would kind of disappear into there every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. It's just like these jams that the would go pile on. just slowly goes down. <laughs> oh, God. He just won't stop playing. 
Wait, I actually, so I enjoy this song. Oh. Because it's the song that we just heard before, rewritten to be a dumb story about like a car's upholstery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're butchering his, uh, his music. You yeah. Know? The mm-hmm. lyrics in this, in this entire musical are insane. Yeah. They, like they go from being incredibly like deep and almost like poetic and about like existential to like this pop band singing about my baby up close to me and like he's got this huge hole in his heart where he wants to put love in and these guys are just like and i'm fucked up my car (laughs) yeah it's like you're butchering my song you know i think that's what i mean paul williams who is swan in this wrote most of this music yeah paul williams yeah Paul Williams. He uh, he's actually been on the podcast before. We did the movie. Uh, <laughs> Not physically. He was he's nice in person. He's yeah. been mentioned. Yeah. He's been mentioned on the podcast. <laughs> Rules of Attraction. He has a cameo as like a ER doctor, which uh, which is like weird because like I remember watching it and you're like. I definitely am supposed to know who this is, and I have no idea who this is. Um, but he wrote uh, hits for the Carpenters, for mm-hmm. Blood, Sweat, and Tears, the Muppets. Yeah, he Everybody. did Rainbow, Rainbow Connection, Connection. Rainbow Con- which is awesome. Rainbow Connection is like one of the best songs. Song. I was listening uh, to a Willie Nelson version of Rainbow Connection today in preparation, and it's kind of a sad song. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like serious, like it's adult sad. Yeah, it's not oh. kid sad. I mean, Carly, you know. You know a lot about the Muppets. You defend uh, <laughs> defend how like serious and some like and poignant some of the Muppets stuff is. Man. Oh, like, there's nothing better than like a song that you would sing to your kid to get them to fall asleep that also makes you connect with your own like existential dread. <laughs> right? That's what it's all about, right? Your kid falls asleep and, and you check in with uh, it's one for them, one for you. You know what I mean? The dwindling <laughs> sense of hope and. Magic in your life. (laughs) Now, Rainbow Connection's all about just, like, still believing in magic. Yeah, I love it. Debbie Um, Harry does a good version of it, too. The documentary is called Paul Williams Still Alive. Yeah, okay, okay. Oh, I've heard of that. I think the hook of the trailer is basically, like... You don't know Paul Williams, but you know Paul Williams. Yeah, like he's everywhere. He's touched. Mm-hmm. He's touched so many, so many different bands and movies and soundtracks. And um, as we said, we've had him on here before. And he's <laughs> he's had a good he's had a good acting career too. I thought one of his funniest roles was uh, he was the orangutan in Battle for the Planet of the Apes in the seventies. <laughs> oh, oh, I wow. could see that. But it's the only ape that looks exactly like who's playing it. He's got that kind of. It's like they barely didn't. Even Make him do it. It's nuts. Harsh burn. Yeah, it's cold, Chris. I mean, in this movie, he looks like the uh, the psychic lady from Poltergeist. You know what I'm like, his house is clean. <laughs> like that little lady. Yes. I think he's he, the same glasses. And I, I have a feeling that he's trying to do, or that the character is a little bit of a Phil Spector, or some kind of mm-hmm. certainly, mm-hmm. certainly, yeah. Um, even though he's supposed to be like a pop star, he's more of like a producer and yeah, he's, he's sort of the you know the magician pulling all the strings behind the curtain as far as like this stable of music and yeah. There's kind of there's a plot thread that comes through later where it's revealed that he's like unaging. Everybody's surprised at how young he looks, which he doesn't look that young. And then <laughs> the introduction we have is that some woman shows up to a show. And she's saying that she was uh, Swan's high school girlfriend, mm-hmm. and people are like, "What? Yeah. Like he's? But you're so old." And it's like, "No, that actress looks like the same age as Paul Williams. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like he's like early fifties or something. <laughs> no, like in the forties or something. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just I didn't know the difference between him and Bud Court when I saw this movie. I thought they were the same Bud person. Bud Court. Yeah. <laughs> Harold and Maude, man. Yeah, that guy's that guy's also timeless. They're, they're just, they both have little boy faces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just 
it's a, as a as an aging baby face myself. Um, <laughs> aging baby face. I got a. It's a weird look. <laughs> I'm like I'm hitting the crest of it right now. <laughs> like, it's like you get boyish good looks until you hit like forty, and then you're like. You know, have you ever seen Akira? <laughs> like the, oh, like yeah. the little kids the that little are... Yeah, blue-faced just, kids. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's my future. So. <laughs> uh, Nikki, what do we got? Uh, we've got track four. Jessica Harper with Special to Me. Phoenix audition song. Damn all evil that takes possession Until your pipe dreams become obsessions They scare me, baby And we should have nothing Does she get the gig? (laughs) Eventually. This is, uh, Chris and I, we saw the original Suspiria in the theater not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And she's the lead in that film, I think. Jessica Harper. She does some dancing in this movie that is truly distracting. (laughs) Carly? Not truly. No, I I know. I've already tried to, like, give an example of how he was moving at the piano and the words failed me. There's no way beyond just, like... Imagine if my elbows were trying to do like a reverse <laughs> rowboat and my shoulders just wanted in on the fun. Yeah, it's it's it an interesting boogieing going It was on. like uh, drunk stepmom dancing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, kind of like, yeah. Sort of Elaine Bennis. Like the- a little flirty. <laughs> <laughs> she's, just, she's just trying to catch her balance at all times, but like at, at no point does her face betray it. <laughs> yeah, well, she's lip syncing. I think that she actually does the singing on the soundtrack, but she yeah. Yeah. obviously in the performance. And she's lip syncing, but she has kind of like a deer in the headlights look on her face when she's singing, and she's moving around like a deranged middle aged lady. But that was the seventies, <laughs> man. Yeah, hey. I think the the role at one point was Linda Ronstadt yeah. was considered, but I think that the idea was that she might be too famous for the movie and kind of, or maybe she didn't want to do it. I don't know. Mick Jagger for Mr. Swan Ooh, as that well. Would've, that would have been yeah, good. Really? There were some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were some interesting um, other people that were kind of in the running for some of these things. That would be another hard one to explain how he was unaging when he looked like Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, boy! <laughs> my favorite Jessica Harper fun fact is that she was in the follow-up to Rocky Horror Shock Treatment, and she replaced Susan Sarandon as Janet Weiss. I did not know this, but I've always felt like this movie has like echoes of Rocky Horror to oh, it because oh, it's just absolutely yeah bizarre story logic. Even even the performances and like the the music is somewhat similar and like the rock opera it's, it's, thing. Yeah. It's serious. I think that some of the makeup too. I think that Rocky Horror actually came out a year later. It did. It did. Uh, but it became the cult classic. Hey, this, this is seventy four when this came out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, musical rock opera horror comedy. Yeah. 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 And, and I, in that one, it's like, uh, it's definitely like Lou Reed and I don't know, like the characters in there are also like very much uh, parodies of existing kind of fringe rockers. Well, there's a character in this called Beef. Beef. Yeah. yeah. Almost exactly like Rocky, except for the fact that he's a huge bitch. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to Beef. Yeah, okay. we'll get to is, is Beef coming up? I have something to say about Beef. I have beef. a lot to say about Beef. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's coming up. I could save my Beef. <laughs> save your Beef. Let's save my Beef. Let's do track five. This is credited to Paul Williams himself. Phantom's theme, Beauty and the Beast. A tear to beauty and the beast I defend my soul to those who would accuse me 
This is, of all the songs so far, this one strikes me as one where you could have handed the words to like somebody just like slamming on a piano and they just kind of like. Just like a balladier taking uh, off. Yeah. Like like very musical or where it's like, yeah, you just kind of are playing something you just kind of are singing, but there's no distinct melody as it were. Yeah. (laughs) Not wrong. What what do you guys think? I was going to say, ask the resident musician here. (laughs) Do you think that's correct? It's a little, yeah, it's a little floaty. (laughs) A little floaty. This is the song that no one likes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, very funny comedian, Sarah Smallwood Parsons. Shout just, out. Yeah, shout out. Has a great thing on um, on YouTube right now that's the boring song in the musical. It's like usually by the older veteran actor. And it's like, this is the time to go to the bathroom. <laughs> very funny. Check it out. <laughs> Is this the song that during the movie, like, are we seeing him, he goes to prison and he, like, loses his teeth and, like... All the tragic stuff is happening to him. It's a sad movie. Yeah. This is what I want to point out. He gets, like, like, face stomped, so his teeth get all knocked out, and then he, you know, gets squished by a record machine. So this lovely weirdo from the second song, who you, like, you adore him because he wrote this whole cantata, and he's... He's a bit chubby. He's a bit chubby (laughs) with this music. He's a bit chubby. In the way that all musicians are? Yeah, the first third of this movie is kind of all over the place, and it's like very much a comic tragedy. I like got really into the second third where he when he once he becomes a phantom and he's all like gothed out. Yeah. And they're just like feeding him pills and he's working on his cantata and he's, he's got like, his vocoder set up. He's starting yeah. to kinda of haunt the theater. I that's was like, that's really yeah, cool. that's that's good. But he like effectively like loses his face, his teeth, and his voice. Yeah. 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 And you watch it happen in like montage. Yeah. He still has his height though, and that goes a long way in the yes. dating world. You know? <laughs> He's still got one good eye. Yeah, he's <laughs> is wide open for the rest of the movie. <laughs> you're, you're so right, though. Like, it is all the tragic stuff that happens to him. It's filmed in sort of a campy way. Like, it's yeah. almost, like, slapsticky. Because, uh, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's underscored by, like, sort of uplifting music. Or Not that this is that uplifting, but it certainly doesn't show how really, yeah. truly sad this is. And then it gets darker and darker. It gets darker later. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's funny, like, I remember the security that Swan always has everywhere. I think it's like a reference to the Hells Angels at Altamont, like the, the yeah. Rolling Stones. where like When people, they hired the biker gang to yeah, and people, protect them. People got killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're all dressed, they look like Hells Angels, but yeah. I don't know what says stuff down on the back of their vest. Yeah, they look like the Warriors, too. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah, come out to That's play. That's a soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, we gotta do This it. movie was shot primarily in Dallas at the Majestic yeah, Theater. Sub. Um, also okay uh betty buckley who like veteran broadway uh actress who's from fort worth texas sings a lot of the backup vocals and some of the vocals in this Uh, and she would later to go uh, on to play like the gym teacher in carrie i think which is another diploma oh yeah Movie, oh, yeah, um, we should. I don't know if we've even mentioned this is uh, De Palma. Brian De Palma. Brian Car- De Palma. Carly did up top. Oh, yeah, right oh, okay. up top. But, um, but yeah, this is. Yeah, De Palma. But I didn't linger on it because I didn't want to seem dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, De Palma is kind of weird. Like, I don't think I rec- realized how many movies he had done uh, until a few years ago, but he was, you know, Scarface, Blowout, Carrie, 
Mission Impossible, The Untouchables, The Untouchables. Like yeah, it's a it's an odd movie for De Palma. I think. I mean, it's all over <laughs> for De Palma. This yeah. is a weird fucking movie for anybody. For anybody. Right? <laughs> yeah, by anyone's standards, but like you know, De Palma had some like big mainstream hits, and I think this was when he was really trying to like see what stuck. But I don't. I mean, I don't know what his connection to the music world was. I know he was good friends with uh, William Finley, who was in a previous. I think he was a classmate with them. Um, that's why he cast him in uh, another movie called like Wanton's Wake, in which he played a, a similar role. It was like a, a masked person. But apparently, Daft Punk loves this movie. And if you look at the photo of uh, the, the Phantom, I could see a little bit of influence there. Uh, yeah. I read, and I don't know if this is true or if this is uh, Daft Punk. Strike me as kind of pathological liars, but. Uh, <laughs> They don't don't trust them. Can't see their faces. <laughs> they dress like robots. They steal music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but supposedly, faces, supposedly yeah. they met at a screening of *Phantom of the Paradise*. Get out of here! And Paul Williams is on. I guess it was their last full-length album. Was the one? Remember, he's a collaborator, had, right? Yeah, they had Marauder and a bunch of old producers oh, on there. Yeah. I think Paul Williams did something and and got like a. They gave him like a the corner of a Grammy or something. He, he took all the Grammys. <laughs> they just took cut off Grammys. a little slice. Yeah, uh, a tiny little baby Grammy for uh, Paul Williams. Yes. Congrats, Paul. We're happy for you. With a tiny little baby face. <laughs> yeah, miniature Grammy for a miniature man. Oh, man. I um, I always thought when I first saw the Fan of the Paradise, there's an old anime called like uh, G Force Guardians of Space or something, and it was basically Voltron, but they were birds, you know, and they had like giant robots but look up g-force or like i think it was also like called team science ninja in the, in the 70s thing. this is so, deep chris this old, is real deep it, it looks exactly free like associating it. they all have cases stringing together words <laughs> what's happening chris all right we need a break <laughs> let's do track look it up i'm not crazy let's do flip the table over <laughs> track six the undead somebody super like you beef construction song hell yeah with a head on his shoulders, a nose that is simply divine. Hollywood smile and a perfect profile, and with eyes that would sparkle and shine. Long flowing hair for the crowning glory. Let the man who can tell our story. Where to go? What to do? Could it be somebody super like you? We've got beef. I think, yeah, beef. that's the, the song that introduces beef, yeah. but that's like still the, uh, the Juicy Fruit singing as the undead, I think. Yeah. Um, beef. They're is, assembling beef in this. So this is yeah. phase 2.5 this of is, the evolving this is, band. This is phase yeah. three. This phase is the three. Final, final phase. The final phase. Yeah. Like <laughs> sort of kiss phase, I guess. Yeah. Is that what? One beef, has to I can't influence figure the out, other. I can't figure out what beef like what the character's supposed to be because he was parroting. Yeah. He's flamboyantly gay and in but my mind stage. he's one of the most likable characters even though I don't think he's supposed to be yeah. when the movie was made. Yeah. But That's he's mystery. he's very funny, very awesome. Yeah. I kind I hope threatened. that the actor is gay, but I, f- I fear that he isn't and that it's like a very like appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Is Beef the character that gets electrocuted on stage? Yeah. 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 The Phantom takes him out, but yeah. he warns him first. Mm-hmm. And Beef tries to get away. So, <laughs> so I, I guess apparently when just circling back on Peter Grant from Zeppelin, when he saw the cut of the film, he's already pissed about the logo. But when he saw the scene of Beef getting electrocuted, 
that happened to like a band that he was managing oh, no. around the same time. And he basically he thought the director was just like you know adding insult to injury, <laughs> and was just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Oh man, yeah. Do you know who? Uh, but they claim that it wasn't based on anything you know true story that, that they had. Was, this, you know, it's like almost famous. Like that was happening in these big arenas. People yeah, were getting electrocuted. Yeah. It was the seventies. It was a different time. It's you know? Wild. I mean, also like people had sand. I'm sure at least one person has died by having a sandbag drop on their head. Yeah. Like it, it's the Phantom of the Opera. This is the one scene where it's like, oh, I see the connection to the title of the movie. Yeah, what is the it like? The chandelier. chandelier right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, sandbag as well, correct? Does that happen in Phantom? I, can't remember. Um, always... I think in Phantom, which unfortunately I know much better than this film. <laughs> Softly, surely. <laughs> exactly. You guys know it. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. No, in Phantom, um, he scares off the prima donna in order to like make way for his yes. ingenue. Yes, which is a phoenix in this, Jessica yes. Harper. She's the only one that can sing it, and Beef must never sing it. I'm a beef man You're myself. Beef guy? Uh-huh. You're a beef guy? It's I what's thought, for dinner. It's what's thought, for dinner. <laughs> Where's I thought the beef? beef could carry the cantata. I thought he was the man. Yeah. You know who, well, it was written, you need a castrati for this, is what he says. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was written for a lady. Change, change the key, man. Yeah, no, this song is so fun because the lyrics are genuinely hilarious and they all serve just to like introduce this beef character and they are assembling parts like body parts taken from the audience like off of people like there's at one point like a guy's head and it like sinks into a torso and they take the body away and they're like sewing it together to make beef it's it's a really cool frankenstein-y thing but i love the lyric we need a man that can stand as a symbol and symbols have got to be tall (laughs) (laughs) i just think that's funny as hell that was a dig at paul williams that he wrote himself (laughs) i saw an absurd scene where uh beef is like doing a little bit of cocaine and he tastes a little bit in his left nostril and his right nostril, and then he just does the whole plate <laughs> yeah. in both nostrils. It's a part, and then just takes a shower. Yeah. When he's trying to get out of there, he's like run into the Phantom, and he's trying to like ditch the show, and the manager stops him. Yeah, and he's like, "Nah, man, it's like bad vibes. The Phantom's like haunting the place." And uh, the guy's like, "Have you taken drugs today?" He's like, "I know drug real and real real." Yeah. And I was like, "That's a great one." <laughs> you know who almost played beef was Peter Boyle. <laughs> who was uh, oh. dad in Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh yeah, and he God. was the, the Frankenstein, Frankenstein in uh, Young in, Frankenstein. In Frankenstein. Yeah. Wait, who did play Beef? Uh, Garrett Graham. And what's his deal? I don't, I don't think he's got much of a deal. He doesn't have one. He doesn't have a deal. He's, he's, he's worked a, a lot, but in a yeah. bunch of random things. Oh, he was in Terror Vision. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> what? Oh, what Terror Vision? movies. Have you ever seen Terror Vision? <laughs> no. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> It's like the See if TV. it has a soundtrack. It's a, an alien comes through the TV. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I recognized him, and I know he's he's been in a lot of he's been in a lot of B stuff uh, over the years. But I think maybe his other biggest role was Child's Play Two. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. He used cars. <laughs> Just reading his Wikipedia. Wow. <laughs> he's uh, on Star Trek. He's worked a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's great. That was fantastic, isn't it? Guys, we are about halfway through the soundtrack. Shall we take a break and play a game? I think so. Um, Also, at the end of the episode, we're all going to recommend to the Tracklisting Spotify playlist our favorite ghost song. Phantom song. Spooky. Halloween never ends. Every episode is spooky these days. (laughs) Spookiest podcast around. Stick with us. 
What's up, track listers? Oh, no, uh, no, no. <laughs> this, is, this is the new way we're doing track No, no, today. let's, let's no, go no, with no, it. No, this no, is no. going well. Are we doing this? Okay, hey, okay, guys, okay. No, we love to hear from you, so uh, please reach out to us on a variety of different uh, social medias. You can find us on Instagram. That's at tracklistingpodcast. Uh, you can rate and review in the iTunes store, and you can email us at gmail tracklistingpodcast at gmail.com and uh, please tell your friends tell everybody you know that you think might enjoy the podcast about the podcast also I think iTunes doesn't exist anymore but whatever <laughs> 2020 here uh, we come uh, Spotify you can follow our uh, official tracklisting playlist on Spotify and you know send in your own recommendations Spotify still exists today's episode is brought to you by Lisa Mattresses our unofficial sponsor <laughs> we're all laying down as we record this I'm a purple guy to be honest I don't know. Purple. Bidding war. <laughs> Lisa, purple. Fight it out for us. Come at us, purple. We love y'all. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Track Listing with our guest, Carly Hogendike. We have a little game prepared here. Yeah, who put together this game? I've got a game of Enjoy the Silence. Oh. Yeah, enjoy the Silence. This is a game that Caleb pioneered uh, on last week's episode, the Boogie Nights soundtrack. We're already getting a ton of positive feedback. I haven't heard anything, but I don't know. We had fun. Send all hate mail to tracklistingpodcast at gmail.com. So in Enjoy the Silence, it's a game of uh, the little bits of audio before a song kicks in. And we're going to try to identify. I'm going to play the clip, and you tell me what song you think it is. Okay. Yeah, so if you know the answer right off the bat, kind of give the rest of us a chance. But um, other than that, Nick might give us some clues. But And feel free to ask questions. Yeah. Also, I appreciate the vote of confidence making eye contact with me on that, that I will know the answer to any of these. Hey, hey, I don't know. I got I got slammed last time, so. Get the little Chris wink. <laughs> you guys ready for round one? Let's yeah. hear it. All right, here's round one clue. Which song is this the intro for? Oh, my goodness gracious. I was going to say soak up the sun. Oh, I love that answer, but no. Oh, it does sound like the the Cheryl Crow. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, this sounds Pink Floyd-y to me. Yeah. No. Well, knowing Nick... Could be. Pink Do we have a year on this? This is uh, 1971. Okay, sounds Pink Floyd-y. I just have a literally for Pink Floyd. Also, Chris, don't look at my computer screen. I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to. Put up the barrier. Uh, this is the first track on the album. Okay, could we hear that again? Absolutely. It sounds a lot like the magic carpet ride thing that we did last <laughs> week. <laughs> like, oh, that Steppenwolf song. I like doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I got nothing on this, guys. I don't I, know. I'm getting Any? strong British uh, rock you're, god. You're in the territory. So it's either like um, a Led Zeppelin or a Pink Floyd. Uh, do you have any other clues for us? This album... Is on Rolling Stone's list of the greatest albums of all time, okay. and the album doesn't necessarily have a title. Does it have a number? <laughs> it has a number. So it's like Zeppelin. Let's see, seventy-one <laughs> is like Zeppelin two. 
You're yeah. getting warm. Zeppelin, <laughs> is it Zeppelin 1? Is it No, Zeppelin 3. Zeppelin 3? Zeppelin 4. Yes. God, how many Zeppelins are there? I had a Zeppelin 4. I, so I you're believe... saying I could have gotten it if I just kept counting? <laughs> yeah. Zeppelin 1. Zeppelin 2. I believe after Zeppelin 4, when Physical Graffiti came out, that was the first album on the Swan Song oh, label, okay. which oh, this movie okay. has so cleverly implicated okay so let's hear the answer to that <laughs> whatever it can I'm be embarrassing it. hey hey mama said the way you move gonna make you sweat gonna make you groove that is um black dog, black dog yeah like zeppelin four good job caleb <laughs> nailing it <laughs> i had a uh, i had a friend sing that karaoke and he'd be like Maybe like the needle, little, little Jack Black sounds. Yeah, he's just doing mm-hmm. all the guitar something. They're like, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> all right, moving on to round two. Here's the clue for round two. Ooh, Carly's looking confident. I know okay. this. Um, should I just guess out right? How recent you... is this? Uh, not recent. Not recent? What do you guys think? Let's watch Caleb and Chris squirm. I know it is because I, uh, I have a comedian friend who does a bit about hooking up to this song. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, talk, talk about that part. Started, <laughs> when it first started, she's just like, no. <laughs> you guys want to hear that clip again? <laughs> I mean, it's just a baby. It's a baby. It's a good know. baby, man. Yeah. It's a great baby. Like, what are you guys thinking? I don't know. I have, like, what's the year on this? Uh, 1980. Oh. Oh, wow. That's later than I would have guessed if you mm-hmm. had asked me. 1980. Is this like R&B or is this just more kind of indulgent prog rock? Uh, you're, you're closer <laughs> with the latter. <laughs> so it's indulgent. Um, uh, 1980. Is this... Drawing a blank. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I should just guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what do you think? So, I thought, isn't she lovely? No, because that also starts. Oh, with does it also start with a baby? Yeah, yeah. Because oh that goodness. was the songs in the key of life, where it's all about is like. Oh yeah, that does. Family. It's very similar. Whoa. I just couldn't discern between right. two different. Fun fact babies. is, it's the same baby. <laughs> same baby. Yeah, that baby got a lot of work. That baby got a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. This album is from 1980. It is a concepty based album. Is this a solo artist or a band? This is a band. A band. 1980. Indulge. <laughs> um, the album may or may not have two discs. <laughs> okay, Just play it. Just it's play it's it. a double album. Is it Pink Floyd? <laughs> it's Pink Floyd. Go on. <laughs> Damn it. It's Pink Floyd. <laughs> Go okay. on, Caleb. <laughs> is it The Wall? Uh, but what track is it? The Wall Part Two or something? Um, we don't need no education. Let's hear the answer. This is your answer to round two. More baby. <laughs> I like that Chris is uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know the track. This is the Thin Ice from the Wall. I 
those those Ooh, Floyd records I yeah. just kind of like put on and listen to the whole side. I don't yeah, know. Now I just want to hear that Stevie song. Yeah. yeah. I just want to hear that baby again. <laughs> Chris, how does it go? <laughs> All right, we are moving on to the third and final round. Here is round three. Okay. (laughs) Okay, well, that was the PlayStation intro. And then that was uh, Street Fighter Turbo 2. But... (laughs) But what song? But what song does that start? So what? What? Where does that place it time wise? But also, uh, Street Fighter Turbo never came out for the PlayStation unless there was some sort of like. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> Real music nerd over here. What's happening here with this? Okay, what so, are you guys thinking? Okay, that's like the map selection screen in Turbo, Street Fighter Two Turbo Edition. Well, give so, us a year. What year is this? I think this, we're in the 90s now. Yeah, we have to be. Yeah, yeah. This is from an album that was released in 2012. Okay. Oh, whoa. Um, is this a sample-heavy album? The album's got some samples on it. Is this like Magnum? I, so I don't know if it's sample-heavy. <laughs> hmm. um, this artist began their musical career as a ghostwriter. Is this uh, Kendrick Lamar? It is not Kendrick Lamar, but you are in the right world. Is this Frank Ocean? I think you might be right. Okay, okay. Do you know Do you know a Frank Ocean song that starts with the PlayStation? <laughs> I feel like I would have already recognized that. Um, it's not like Pyramids. I think we might be as close as we're ever going to yeah. get. <laughs> Which uh, album do you think this is from? Uh, Channel Orange. This is from Channel Orange. Okay, okay. This is actually the uh, <laughs> first. This is, this is the first track on Channel Orange Start that segues into this track right here. Tornado flew around Aww. my room before you uh, came. Yeah, yeah. Excuse the that is uh, thinking about you from Channel Orange. Yeah, I've heard that song, but I, I completely forgot that. Do I get any points for the yeah. Street Fighter yeah, and, yeah, and PlayStation? Yeah. That album won the Grammy for Best Urban Contemporary Album yeah. in 2013. Frank Ocean is awesome. Frank and he's Ocean's headlining Coachella genius. in 2020. Ah, I can't I, wait. Check out Frank Ocean. I know that it's not, but that award sounds racist. I don't know. <laughs> Urban, what is wrong? <laughs> what was it? Urban, <laughs> best urban contemporary album. Yeah, see, that sounds passive aggressive to me. <laughs> hey, take it up with the, the Grammys. I don't know, it's the most passive aggressive awards. <laughs> Does the Grammys have like a phone number we can call? <laughs> the Grammy hotline. Oh, well, thanks for the game. Oh, yeah, that was great. That was, you just did, uh, was did it. pretty good. <laughs> this is Stemper. That's pretty, a real Stemper. Uh, I should have got. The, I I know that uh, that first Zep song, but for some reason, I think you turned it up, and I I was like really confused by that noise. It's it's too hard for me out of context, like because like I'm always like, oh wait, what song? Like if I'm walking around with my headphones in, I haven't checked my phone. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, that's this song. Oh like, totally. Yeah, a hundred yeah, times I, over. My music culture is entirely just like walking around listening to whatever Spotify tells me to. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, thank you for the game, Nick. No problem. That was good. I'll, I'll try better next time. 
<laughs> it's going to be all right, Chris. Uh, I get sad if I do bad on the game. <laughs> I need to have scored well on tests to prove my intellect. So we're pulling into uh, track seven on the Phantom of the Paradise soundtrack. This is Ray Kennedy with Life at Last. Not a bad track. That's a uh, that's beef, right? That's beef. That's that's, beef. that's pure beef, right there. Yeah, that's when USDA. Yeah, USDA. <laughs> is it a meatloaf reference? Is oh. meatloaf famous at this point? No, this is this is pre meatloaf. Pre pre loaf. Pre loaf. Yeah, I wonder when that is. Pre loaf. Pre loaf, man. <laughs> it seems weird that the character that is almost the exact same character that Meatloaf plays in Rocky Horror is named Beef. Yeah. But it came out at first. I don't understand it. It's so weird. It's <laughs> really? so weird. And like, you know, I mean, talk about how many homages there are in this movie and like future predictions happening in it too. It's very. It's, it's a pretty wild film and like I can't recommend it enough. Like I, I really enjoyed watching it. It predicted that uh, slaughter in the Fillmore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, um, a lot of it's in uh, in the Majestic Theater. Is that what yeah, you the said? Majestic in, in Dallas, uh, which... Dallas, Texas. Have we mentioned yet that it was nominated for an Academy Award? We have not. No, no. Yeah. The, the original score was nominated, yeah. and it won a Golden Globe. Yeah, yeah. yeah best original sense. score, it's, motion picture. It's a great score. Mm-hmm. Here it's we are digging score. through an award winner. Yeah, yeah. Good job, Paul. Where are you at? <laughs> um, <laughs> This still uh, alive. Still alive. Yeah, he's still kicking it. Still alive, baby. Hanging out with the Daft Punk robots. <laughs> this Don't movie, trust those uh, it was not a hit in theaters. I think, you know, it's become a cult classic. But for some reason, it was huge in Winnipeg, Canada. <laughs> of course. It, it, was, it exploded in Winnipeg, Canada, and it stayed in theaters for months there. And I think like 20,000 albums uh, of the soundtrack were sold in Winnipeg and it went certified gold in Canada, which is, I, what? You get gold for 20,000 records in no, Canada? No, 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 just, just 20,000 in Winnipeg and oh, in Canada, Winnipeg. Okay, you know, okay. I guess, I think it's 100,000 for uh, gold status. Yeah. But uh, what's do, going on there? I do think it's funny that uh, kind of the plot is centered around Swan's plan to build and open like the biggest rock palace. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just like a theater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every other theater. It's like, I don't know. That's like a bygone idea now, like the, the rock palace. Yeah. And it's like, who's going to be the, the crown jewel of, uh, of the rock palace? It, it, it reminded me a lot of uh, like Purple Rain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, they've got yeah. this sort of like the kid is playing at this like it's just like a music venue, but it's like yeah, it's just a music the venue. The world must know the, the kid, and it's like I don't think uh, music venues really operate like that. Like, yeah, we're really we're operating more in the thousands of people. Yeah, right yeah. Now. And like they need variety. They don't want a house band there. Like you're not gonna come back and see the same band. <laughs> although, although they do treat. 
Right, for a little inside baseball for the listeners, we had a, a phantom of the paradise sort of thing happened. Spooky. Uh, somebody sabotaged, and I had to naturally say banned again. Anyway, Carly, you were saying? I was just going to say, there's a, a moment in the film where after Beef dies, he's being carried out in a gurney, and the fans are just obsessed and chanting Beef. Beef, Beef, Beef. beef. So even in death, I mean, they don't, they're not mourning. They're just yelling at him. That's and true. Like, that's true. That one thing about this movie, like the crowd scenes are insane. Like the crowd, <laughs> yeah. the crowd pays no heed to what's happening. People in the finale are like getting shot and dying. Oh Jesus! And, and they're like ravenous too. Like they're like you know fighting the bouncers to like uh, attack uh, Phoenix, as, as it were. And oh, like, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what, what are you gonna do when you get to her? This is scary. You know? Was Holy Mountain before seventy four? Oh, the Jodorowsky film. Have you guys seen oh, that? Oh, yeah. yeah. This kind of feels like that in certain mm-hmm. spots. The visceralness and like... It's just like know, the yeah. insanity. A lot of movies in the 70s when uh, craft services weren't feeding the extras, it, it got to that level. <laughs> People pretty... used to let like kids experiment way yeah, more yeah, than... Yeah. You haven't seen that in a long time except for the movie Mother. Yeah. I, uh, I love that movie and I'm the only one that loves that, that movie. Yeah. movie. Yeah, you're the only one. Yeah, I am. Caleb was audibly laughing. We saw it together and you were laughing in the theater and people were like, hey man, come on. I, I walked out and I was like, genius. You guys are like, what? Oh no, we, we talked about it for easily three hours and then afterwards we just like it like it got it all out of our system and I was like, I hated it. <laughs> I thought that when Kristen Wiig showed up, I thought the jig was up. And I thought we were oh, that allowed was to accept it as a comedy at that point. But yeah. apparently I'm the asshole. Yeah. yeah, when Kristen Wiig shows up to execution style, blow people's heads away. And then like, we're like, okay, yeah, okay. Like, all right, all right. You guys should do that soundtrack. That was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> we're out of Bardem territory. We're into the wig territory. We can laugh. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, Nikki, what do we got next on this soundtrack? We've got track eight, Jessica Harper with Old Souls. sounds so familiar but i can't put my finger on it i think yeah i don't know if it's a ronstadt thing i think that sade could kill this song hmm. it uh, is sade okay. yeah. sade 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 i think it is sade sade slade slade the Slade. british glam rock band yeah. is what i'm thinking of uh this is the star turn when um phoenix comes on and performs this she becomes a huge hit yeah she crushes it i don't it. really this is it's in one of the nicer songs on it but it's like I don't know, man. If Linda Ronstadt came out of that stage after Beef was killed, I don't think anybody would have given a shit. I just watched a man die, <laughs> yeah. and she comes out. A in glorious a, man. Yeah, in a lace dress. The biggest rock star, in the, and then she comes out, does some weird dancing. Yeah. <laughs> well, Carly was joking about like how into herself she was right after that. She's just oh. like... <laughs> Nailed it. No, immediately, immediately after the song, she has a scene with Swan where he comes in and like suggests that he's going to make her a huge star, and he's and she looks right at him and is like, 
but you also want to fuck me, right? And he's like, yeah. 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 And then but gets, he was more kind of like, no, okay. <laughs> and then she gets like seven solid seconds of just smiling at herself dazily in the mirror. Yeah. Just like. It's, it's so funny because like, you know, a, a, a huge plot point in this is that her voice was so beautiful and uh, William Finley's character and in in later the Phantom, who's also William Finley, uh, is like, she's the only one that can sing it. She's the only one. And then, like, you know, she sings this line. And you're like, yeah, it's good. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's worth murdering people and running around a theater to kill anyone but her. Like, I mean, hey, man, I think somebody else could knock it out of the park, too. I, you know, whatever, man. Hey, to each his own. Yeah, you're cantata. You're cantata, bro. You're cantata. <laughs> I feel like there's a cantata cantata joke in there somewhere. I'm not, I'm not sure where it is, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cantata is a like, Portuguese word for song. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's like an operatic term, I believe. But, no. Yeah, mm. well, listeners write in. If there's a cantata, cantata. <laughs> cantata, cantata. Cantata. I say cantata, you don't sing it or I'll kill you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Track nine, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We already there? <laughs> Bonus features. <laughs> Got Paul Williams again with Faust. Like a child who was always poor, reaching out for more, I could feel the hunger growing. And as I lost control, I swore I'd sell my soul for one love, would sing my song, and fill this emptiness inside me. One love would sing my song. I think we've figured out who was actually the person that should be singing the cantata. Is that Which Bowie? Is Swan. Yes. Swan. Oh, Swan himself. Swan. Yeah, yeah, man. I was going to say, that song sounded like a slowed down Young Americans. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Uh, I, yeah, he's worked with Bowie. Yeah. I, re- I really like this version of this song. Same. I, yeah, it's great. Yeah, so Faust was the you know the story of a guy making a deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the old Mar- German folklore. The Written by like Goethe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is Goethe. <laughs> De Palma is definitely uh, he's a fan of the the more is more of uh, of adapting stories because this movie has the family opera, mm. it has Faust, and it also has Dorian Gray, the portrait of Dorian Gray. Yeah, and Frankenstein. And in Frankenstein. There. There's, there's <laughs> Dorian Gray's in there, like ageless. Yeah, it turns out that Swan is ageless, he made a deal with the devil, and that there's a videotape that ages, but not him, but then the videotape doesn't age, so I don't understand. Yeah. The videotape, he gets older and older, and the videotape, we just never see his face. Yeah, it's, okay. not, it's not a reveal until later. That's right. And then he's like a sort of John Carpenter's they <laughs> <Yeah>. live. Uh, <laughs> consume. <laughs> consume. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think I, I, I do agree. I think he bit off more than he can chew. You're like, pick a lane. Yeah. Pick a lane to Palma. <laughs> like, you got prog rock. Yeah, you you got, got too many... <laughs> Too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, this a ma- <laughs> mashup of way too many things going, kill me. <laughs> De Palma wants it all. De Palma wants it all. And he can have it. <laughs> Wait, I want to talk about Paul Williams yeah. and the way he says words is just so curly yeah. and like his tongue just kind of like he, I had to look at where he's from. He's from uh, Nebraska. Oh. I, did, I thought maybe that would like unearth some kind of Omaha, some Omaha kind of truth. Yeah. But like you can tell it's him. 
I want to listen to it again just to, to be able to describe it. But like, child who was always poor, reaching out for more, I could feel the hunger growing. Just, it feels like he keeps the word in his mouth longer than you would. <laughs> oh yeah. It definitely reminds me of one of the hits that he wrote was just an old-fashioned love song, and it mm-hmm. has. I remember it being sampled in like a hip, and it was like just an old-fashioned love song. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's like very warbly and like ghostly, even yeah. in the original version. Warbly. That's warbly. the word I was warbly. looking for. He yeah. warbles. It might be some sort of throwback country thing. Mm. Like country music has a bunch of like, like almost yodely sort of thing, but yeah, some, some real dude. white guy like yodel <laughs> shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think you're doing Galaxy Quest right now. <laughs> um, I, uh, that's Eulalia. 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 I, I make fun of the um, the '70s folk voice quite a bit on here, mm-hmm. just like the and they sing and dance with the fairies, <laughs> and it's got a hint of that, but it hasn't yeah, yeah. hasn't you know totally gone into folk zone yet. Yeah, he's he's not talking about the fairies. He is actually himself some kind of gnome. He himself is a sprite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, Paul Williams is the man. I yeah, I gotta do a big deep dive on everything he's done because he sort of touched. Well, you everything. got a bunch of uh, Bob Dylan research piling up. Oh yeah, I'm <laughs> backlogged on so many things. I, got I keep saying I need to do a deep dive on Dylan. Who else? I just Paul saw Williams. something like Timothy Chalamet got cast yeah. as like Dylan in another Dylan biopic. God, how many? Chris, your research is. Yeah, How really many piled picks Does he need yeah. one of these days? We're gonna figure out where this guy came from. Minnesota, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what was his real name? Yeah. We Best all know. On, <laughs> Best take on that came from John Marco Cerisi, who said, uh-huh. "I hate it when actors with good nose get cast to play schnoz." Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Dang. You need to bring in Adrian Brody. Yeah. <laughs> Give him some of that. Uh, the Irishman, like. Young face. Yeah. <laughs> CGI. CGI young yeah, face. Just CGI Timothy Chalamet's face half the time oh like, just to ugly him up to play Dylan. That is money well spent. As we are pulling into the last track, this oh, is track man. 10. We've got Paul Williams once again. Thank you, Paul, for all you've done. This is the hell of it. Love yourself as you love no other Be no man's fool and be no man's brother We're all born to die alone You know that's the hell of it Life's a game where they're bound to beat you And time's a trick they can turn to cheat you And we only waste it anywhere That's the hell of it Good for nothing, bad in bed Nobody likes you and you're better off dead Goodbye, goodbye We've all come to say goodbye, 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 goodbye Born defeated, died in vain Super destructive, you were hooked on pain I think it was an interview that maybe uh, Chris was showing me of the director talking about Paul Williams saying like, yeah, I mean, he could act and like he totally could write all these songs. So like we just had him like do everything <laughs> and, <laughs> and it worked out great. And yeah. he's like, and he looks weird. Uh, his, oh, yeah. The, like, the, he looks insane. Is, yeah, he's like, and he looks weird. So it was perfect. <laughs> it's it, there's uh, uh, this great movie called De Palma and it's basically Brian De Palma just going through each of the movies he's made. And it, I think it came out like three or four years ago. And he's old enough where he just doesn't give a shit anymore. And he's just like, yeah, I, I hated Travolta for a hot minute there. Like, he's just telling all the dirt, you know. It's 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 on Netflix, and it's definitely worth watching. But in this part, he talks about how it all sort of came together with 
Bill Finley and, uh, you know, Jessica is great and uh, <laughs> just, uh, oh man, Paul can do it all. <laughs> ah, yeah. This is, uh, this is probably my favorite song on the soundtrack. It demonstrates the 70s affinity for fitting so many words into a song. <laughs> Something that never happens anymore, like outside of hip hop. Yeah. Also, it plays over the credits, so you're walking out of a theater while he's just going goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Well, it was cut. <laughs> this was originally for a scene where they were burying Beef on stage, mm. and it got cut out of the movie because I think Beef originally gets murdered in the shower, and then they decide to like hold his funeral on stage and whatever. Oh wow! Uh, but. Yeah. Poor Beef, man. So he just got a plunger to the face. Beef was the guy. <laughs> gross. Beef was awesome. But actually, this song, this song I think is really good. It's yeah. got that weird kind of honky-tonk, uh, whatever like the, piano part that is. And again, the lyrics are like perfect like it's a yeah. little it's a it's a little bit of a dig on beef yeah it's talking about how nobody really liked him <laughs> i like beef it's just i didn't have any beef with beef yeah, good no, for I'm nothing bad. bad in bed nobody likes you and you're better off dead yeah yeah <laughs> it's like it's a little personal there <laughs> you're bad in bed that is i heard things hell of a eulogy paul yeah. i've had better <laughs> i've had better yeah, I wonder if it's like, you know, Paul Williams just like jaded and angry at any like attractive like. No, I, mean, like I think in, in the in the function of the story, it was going to be that every time like whatever star dies, it turns out that it's just like just throw them and, you know, throw them to the crowd. Who gives a shit? The next one up. It's like uh, the producer doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one thing I will say is that all the songs are supposedly part of the cantata. So I don't know how they keep adapting to the story as it happens. Yeah, well, that's all. That's why it's the, that's Hollywood. It's the, uh, <laughs> the most amazing cantata ever written. And that's why, you know, William Finley's character killed himself basically writing it. Yeah. In a yeah. anime G-force kind of vocoder, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, I loved his vocoder voice. It was very, you know, kind of cutting edge for the '70s to have that weird electronic voice. Like, there's no, you can't. He loses his voice somehow. How, how does he lose his voice exactly? Was it through the getting his head smashed? Head smashed, and then he gets tossed in a river. Yeah. And then he can no longer speak. He's been through a lot. He's Dang. been through a lot. He's yeah. got metal teeth. It's all, you know. He's looking good by the end of the movie. Yeah. That, <laughs> that one eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> visceral. Um, but yeah, I think the the speaking, uh, if you guys are true track listing fans, during one of the Tinseltown Tunes game, I used the, um, the vocoder speak from the Phantom of the Paradise when he sings. Anyway. <laughs> That's like the soundtrack, it. guys. That's the soundtrack, yeah. Woo-hoo. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you, the Carly. pick, Carly. Yeah, yeah. We gotta, we gotta rate this sucker. But um, As always, uh, Chris goes first. <laughs> we like to put him on the spot. Yeah, we're rating this uh, 0 to 15 stars, decimal points included. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this. Uh, I like the soundtrack a lot. It's one of the few that tells a complete story from beginning to end, and you can listen to it and not watch the movie and kind of you know make your own assumptions about what it's really about yeah i'm gonna give this an 11.2 11.2 i find it very enjoyable it's a all contemporary music in the in 74 paul williams did it all for the most part yeah 11.2 very good yeah all right nikki what do you think do you want to go next so much to say I'm going to give this album a 11.5. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> piggybacking on me for the second week in a row. We got a, we got a system here. Away. 
the movie itself is a great satire of the music industry. I think the songs are all great. I think Paul Williams did a really good job of um, basically doing everything for this movie. But uh, yeah, I thought it was great. Great pick, Carly. Thank you. All right. um, I'll go next. This is, I believe... I'm pretty sure I don't, wouldn't forget anything like this, but uh, I think this is the first soundtrack we've had, which is all original music written for the film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sometimes it's a little Oscar hard for me nominated. to rate because a couple of the songs are purposefully bad, <laughs> or they're supposed to, you know, they're they're parody. Yeah. Uh, but so I want to give them a pass, but then it also I don't want to listen to them either, so I have to ding it. Uh, I'm going to give this like a 9.6. It gets so good when Paul Williams starts uh, performing his own songs. Mm-hmm. And I like the the first version of Faust. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good. It's like some of these things, uh, songs I'm not familiar with, and I'm, they're really getting stuck in my head. They're pretty good. Very cool. Not right. too shabby. I've taken all of your numbers into consideration. <laughs> <laughs> That's so why we put average. Chris on the spot yeah. these days. <laughs> Um, no, I'll say I love musicals in general, but I love a musical that also uh, allows you to feel cool when recommending you listen to it with three erudite young men on a podcast. Yeah. Oh, she said um, young. Erudite. Hey. Hey. Um, but I definitely, when this when I first saw this movie, I, wa- I listened to the soundtrack by watching the YouTube video of the soundtrack, and I listened uh-huh. to it repeatedly. So I... Listened to every track, loved it so much. I'm giving it a 13. Awesome. Solid score. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thanks again. Yeah, it's a good soundtrack. soundtrack. Round of applause. Yeah. Great job. Thank you for being here, Carly. All right. One last thing before we leave tonight is uh, we're going to add a song to the Tracklist and Spotify playlist. And I am going to lead off uh, with my favorite ghost song. Ghost song. Ghost Uh, song. Spooky song. Another spooky. Man, we are spooked. October will not end here try listening um, so I'm going into some real nerdy shit um, yeah. this is my track is from a release in 1984 it was uh, recorded in 1982 and 1983 this is a band Chris and Cozy they are half of the uh unfortunately named uh, band Throbbing Gristle, which was... Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Do we have to go here? Electro Pioneers. Um, so this is off of a record. It was a soundtrack to a video installation project. Um, very arty. It was apparently... This is some real nerd shit. It's, this is really good, though. Art nerd. Uh, so this is apparently the first uh, instance in recording where it was a, uh, a combination of an 808 and a 303 Roland machine. Nice. Yeah, well, uh, cool. This is a track called uh, Dancing Ghosts. Dancing Ghosts. It's not a song that lends itself very well to a clip. Uh, it's like 11 minutes long, but <laughs> it's craft super sort of ahead of its time. Uh, it's a, like an electro sound that definitely inspired a lot of uh, 
a lot of house and everything that was to come for the next, you know, 30, 40 years. Yeah, 82, man. That's like... 82. It's yeah. really on the bleeding edge so, of, of, like, experimenting with uh, with synths. Yeah. People are feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool pick. Very yeah. cozy. Yeah. Uh, Throbbing gristle. Seth Throbbing the, gristle. Say, say that you heard it here first. <laughs> no, genuinely, I've never heard it before. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, All right, well, cool. Uh, Good pick, Caleb. Chris, why don't you go next? I will. Don't ghost on us, Chris. Yeah, oh. uh, I, I am. Uh, I'm going to uh, with the Ghost Town DJs uh, and their song "My Boo." Uh, <laughs> my boo. It's 1996. Chris is the comedian. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's surrendering already. But yeah. surrendering. Boo. <laughs> um, this is a like a. It kind of got big in like the Miami club scene, but it's a it's a hip hop group out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Ghost Town DJs. They didn't really do much else. This was their big hit, but it became a meme uh, a couple of years ago and kind of had a big resurgence. But it's objectively a really good song and i think with with some fun lyrics and a very danceable beat so let's hear it my boo <laughs> my your secret admirer i've been watching Many of you might recognize that from the uh, Running Man Challenge that was happening all over the internet. And it's a dance I, I'm, that one. I'm incapable of doing. And I like <laughs> I don't want to tell you how long I tried to do it. Because oh, no. it's like like some like fast feet sort of thing into the beat. And it's just, I, I can't. I can't, can't do it. I can't do it. But I really like that song. Do you have a secret TikTok account? Is that what I'm finding out now? Yeah, and it's just hours of me trying to perfect uh, viral dance crazes. Um, <laughs> it's got some followers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carly. Not wanna... a bad pick, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. All right, listen. I can't fully justify my choice, but I do know that this is a song with ghosts mm-hmm. in one way or another, in many interpretations. Yeah. My song is In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. And if anything, for for no other reason than you're welcome, it's on this playlist now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, baby. This is um, a favorite. But yeah. yeah, no, definitely you can listen to this song. You can you can see an image in your mind of, of a drowning that Phil is watching. Or you can just know that it's ultimately about his divorce and the ghosts of his love life. Yeah, but gotcha. there you go. In the Air Tonight. Is about ghosts, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> let's hear it. Yeah, let's hear that. That is such a jam. Yeah. Nick, tell us about that gated drum sound that, uh, I think this was the first song where they accidentally, like, uh, I would say invented that sound. 
Yeah, I think they accidentally left on a um, a microphone in the uh, the drum booth, like a vocal mic or something. Yeah, that's like heavily compressed, so that if he's playing the drums and and sitting there talking, you know, they can hear him if he's not having to scream. And I guess they just left that on and like recorded it onto the drum track and as an accident. And they were like, no, 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 that's, that's good. That yeah. sounds great. Is it so- and now it's a, you know, now that's a thing that people do all the time. Well, especially as soon as a song came out for the next like 15 years, everything was like mimicking that sound. Oh, for sure. Is but it- yeah, it was just, you know, kind of a happy accident. Yeah. Is it so the drum, uh, like the drum sounds don't linger? So it's just like a quick, it's very like, dry, dum, but it, dum, yeah, dum, just like dum. pops way out. Uh, it's like that weird sound. And I will say, yeah, signature there's, 80s. There's another thing about this song that I'm like obsessed with, which is that uh, Phil Collins is famously a drummer, the drummer of Genesis, prog rock. Oh, mm-hmm. anybody? Anybody? Prog rock? Prog rock? In the back? Okay. Uh, I truly did not know what it was until <laughs> Haunted by Peter Gabriel's ghost. So, one of the great things about this song is that this guy who's famous for drumming, the first third of the song is just the, is it, I don't know if it's a rolling drum machine, it's just a drum machine going and he's not actually drumming. And there's just like the synths and drums and he's just singing. And then he comes in with like the most. Fame, like most famous drum fill of all time, probably uh, underrated. I'll say, yeah, <laughs> I'll still say underrated. Okay, here we go. Uh, Nikki, what do you got to recommend? Uh, for my ghost track, I've got the track Ghost Rider from RJD2. Let's mm. take a listen. Some dude from Ohio making cool beats. Yeah. I think yeah. they used that track as the intro to Mad Men at some point, if I'm not mistaken. No, he he produced the intro to Mad Men, oh, okay. which he produced. It was a back. It was like a instrumental for an AC Alone track. Oh. Um, uh, but I remember when this song came out, I was pretty obsessed with it, and the video is like a an Elephant Man uh, homage. Where yeah, pretty weird. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that right. song. Yeah, nice. good, good pick. Good picks, everybody. Good and, ghost picks, y'all. Uh, I'll listen uh, to this playlist. Yeah, yeah. please do. And is it real? Or is it just... It exists, and it's it is real. very erratic. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, like you it. can all listen at home, too, if you follow the official tracklisting playlist on Spotify. And uh, everybody, tune in next week and see if Shocktober extends for another week. I don't know. <laughs> well into January at this point. Yeah. Well, Carly, we can't thank you enough for being here. And uh, do you have anything to plug? Or where can we find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do produce a number of comedy shows around New York City. So if you are listening in New York City, you can come see Pantheon at Union Hall. Next show is on January 15th. Uh, also, Wonderland with Meg Stalter and Lucas O'Neill at Club Coming on February 6th. Oh, Good comedy. Cool. Look out for those. All right, Carly Hogendyke, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming. Of course, you guys. This yeah. was such a friggin' pleasure. Oh, oh, come, on. come on. Come on. All right, let's get out of here. Let's go. Thanks, Brian De Palma. Thanks for everything you do. That's a wrap. We love you all. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.